Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. This is the third message of the Party Series. If you're just listening for the first time, you can find the past episodes on this podcast or watch it at embassycity.com. Now let's join Pastor Tim. Y'all doing okay? I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, I love you guys so much, and I'm, I'm especially uh, light today because I don't have the burden of preaching today. <laughs> Uh, and I'm so excited that uh, you all get to hear uh, from one of my favorite people. The first time I met Charlotte Gamble uh, was in 2019. I had already been blessed by her ministry some years before, uh, but we were in Australia. It's amazing where you meet new friends. We were in Australia preaching at a conference together, uh, and I had already uh, observed some things about uh, the gift that God had given her uh, there's a strong apostolic gift on her. She just knows how to build a house. She knows how to support a house. Uh, she knows how to strategize and see churches grow. Uh, her and her husband, Steve, uh, pastor Life Church in England. This woman flew from across the pond with all the restrictions that are on travel. Thank God for dual citizenship. In Jesus' name, amen. She was able to get on planes, trains, and automobiles <laughs> uh, to do ministry in America this week. Uh, but she made a promise that if there's an opportunity for me to come and the space is available, I'd love for you uh, to consider uh, us doing something together. And I've preached for eight weeks straight, and I just need a break, and I'm taking one. If you see me on the front row with a Kit Kat bar, It's just the way my vibe is working today. Uh, anointed woman of God, brilliant, um, a wife, a mother, uh, but an apostolic gift to the body of Christ. Would you all please stand to your feet and welcome our very special guest for today, Charlotte Gamble! I'm going to ask you to stand up and not sit down. You'll get used to me. I'm English. I'm a little bossy, but it's okay. I just came to visit. I'm not here to stay, so it's all good. Um, I'm going to keep you on your feet because we're going to pray in a moment. I always believe we should pray before we open the Word of God because we should honor the book that changes our lives, the book that people gave their life for. Um, but before I do that, I want to say it's a complete privilege and a complete honor to be here. And um, I remember when I was in, uh, I think it was in, we were in Australia, and then again when uh, Tim was in England, I said, if it ever works out, and I keep my promises, yeah. and I just knew that at some point it would be right to be able to be here to invest in what God is doing here. Because what God is doing here is just at the beginnings. You might have just celebrated your six-year birthday, but you're just at the beginnings. That was all the warm-up for what God wants to do in the coming years and months ahead. And so I believe the timing is right. I believe that God always has the perfect timing. And so when we follow him, he puts us in the right place with the right people at the right time. And I believe all those three things are coming together in this moment. And so I don't want you to receive me as some person with an accent from England, because let's be honest, you all have an accent. I speak English. So let's just clear that up. So the good news is I married an American, so I'm bilingual. I understand you all perfectly. And uh, 
And so I just want you to know I am not a visiting speaker. I'm family, okay? I, I believe that. I believe that there was something that was knit in our hearts, and, and that's a family thing. You know, spirit knows spirit. And so when I met your pastors, you know, who love you dearly, I knew it was a God connect. And so I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to impart into this house. And that means you have to listen from a different place. You know, when, when someone comes along and they're family, you listen differently than when they're a stranger, right? You listen because they're speaking to you, knowing about the family that you're from and the people that are surrounding your life. And so today I want to speak in and I want you to hear and receive it that way. I believe in the power of the Word of God. I believe it can change our lives. And some of you are going to have a life change today. And I don't say that lightly. You might come and do this every week, week in, week out. But I'm telling you, God's power is here. And there's a difference that can be made today. But it's not dependent on God. It's dependent on us. That's why you can be in a service and some people can walk out completely different. And other people are in the same service and they walk out completely the same. The Word of God was the same. The power of God was the same. But what was different was the soil of the person's heart. So you have to choose what you do with what's about to come next. You have to choose whether you're going to let it take root and make a difference. And you have to choose whether you're going to be closed or you're going to be open. You have to choose whether you're going to be stubborn or whether you're going to be surrendered. You have to make that decision right now before we even get to the Word of God. Otherwise, you'll just let it bounce off your life. And this week will look pretty much like last week. So I'm going to pray for you right now to soften your soil because the Word of God, it already is powerful, but we have to prepare our hearts. So God, we stand in your presence. Yes, we do. Yes, Lord. Like even that line, God, just stop us right there. We stand in your presence. If royalty in the natural was to walk in the room, we would all change our posture. We would stand and give honor. We may even bow to let the person know that we see the role and the robe that is on them. But God, you are in the room, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, almighty God, Father. Our hope, truth, light, you are in the room and we get to be in your presence. We get to sit under your word. And so God, I pray today that every single person would soften the soil of their heart, remove the distractions, and God, allow you in. God, I pray that the whisper of every heart right now will be God speak, God change, God mold, God prune, God do what you need to do. I pray for open hearts and open ears today. I pray that there will be something that shifts today. I pray over this house today that this will be a word in season, that it would take root just exactly as you intend it to do. God, I thank you for bringing together our lives today for such a time as this. Now, God, I pray I would get out of the way so that you can have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may take your seats. Well, I am a local church girl, and uh, I've been actually in the same church all my life. I've tried to dig out several times, and God sent me right back. And so I know what it is to build the local church. And, and we've all been as the local church through a really crazy season recently. Can I get an amen? 
Like, this has been a crazy season. I don't know how crazy it's been at this side of the pond, but at my side of the pond, it's crazy, and it's still crazy. And people in this whole season we've been through of the pandemic, all the division that we're watching in our world, and even sadder in the church, all the conflict that has happened around us and, and, and between the church and between those that we thought were all on the same side, taking sides. It's been a crazy, troubling, stretching season for all of us. And I never want to go through a season like that and not extract from the season some seed. Right. right? Because even in the sorrow, there's a seed for our tomorrow, right. right? And so our job as leaders, and you all, by the way, are leaders because you have the light of the world within you, which means you're a leader to the world around you. And so as leaders, all of us have to understand that we have to pull out of a season like we've just been through something that we know is truth that's going to set us free for the next time the enemy tries the same plan, because he does. He does doesn't have many. He just repeats the cycle of his plan. And so that we are equipped and able to handle whatever comes next with a wisdom that we've grown in the season that we've all just been through. And so today I want to present us with some of that seed, with some of that wisdom. I want to open our eyes and open our hearts at Embassy City Church so that you can understand what God wants to pull out of this so that you can plant it in your future. And I know you are in a series called Part E. I know that only Tim could come up with that, Pastor Tim. Party. You are in a party season. You are talking about how you're going to be in those life groups and gathering. And so I want to add to the party message series that you've all been in because you understand that you are invited to the party of all parties that actually Jesus said he's come to give us life and not just life but life in abundance right overflowing life that is the kind of party you and I are invited to and let's be honest this season has not looked like that for so many people it has not looked like life and overflowing life so we got to get the party back because that's what we're invited to But I want you to know something about this party, that this party that you are invited to is kind of like a party that maybe a friend would ask you over to. And and maybe, I know in England, we're very unsanctified and not as holy as you guys are out here in the Bible's belt. And And so in England, when they invite you to a party, they actually sometimes put on the invitation, these initials, B Y O B. Yeah. Which in England means something that I know it doesn't mean here. Like I know over here, if that was on the party invite, it would mean bring your own Bible because you are holy. (laughs) But in England, it doesn't mean that, all right? But the the idea is if you're going to come to the party, you need to bring something, right? And so I'm here to let you know that this life, this abundant life, this overflowing life, it's an invitation to a party, but there's a BYOB on the invite. You have to bring something. There is something that you need to include. And the best way that I can kind of draw this picture for you is by sharing with you one of my parenting fails. Any parents in the room? And if you are, you probably had several parenting fails. Well, this was one of our parenting fails because when our kids were finally old enough to understand that the Christmas presents was not the cardboard or the paper. 
right? But it was what was in the box. We were like, okay, this is the year. We're going to like go crazy. We're going to get all the best stuff. And so Fisher Price was our best friend. We like bought everything. I saw all the commercials, you know, the thing with the doorbell that rings and the lights that come on and the keyboard and the microphone. I mean, we had it all ready to go. It was going to be the best Christmas ever. And I was so excited. And they opened the presents and we pulled them out the box. And, and then I realized my epic parenting fail because I had not read the small print on the box. And the small print on the box was that you had to add your own batteries. Batteries were not included. And so when my kids went to ring the doorbell, there was no ding dong. When they went to play on the keyboard, there was no noise. When they went to use the microphone, their voice sounded the same as without the microphone. And I suddenly realized we had something that was functional, but it was not powerful. And I'm here to let you know that this party that we're invited to can be functional, but unless you bring your own, it will not be powerful. Because Christ has done all that he ever can do for you or me. He has done everything. He went to the cross. He paid the ultimate price. So why do some Christians live in victory and others live in misery? The difference is not on Christ's end. It's on our end. And I know that we read our Bible and we love the verses where it tells us all the things that God is going to do for us. But what about the verses that tell us what we also need to do to be in this party with God? We've got to get back to that. And I think over this pandemic, a lot of people have realized, man, I thought I had a powerful life. But, but over the pandemic, a lot of things got unplugged. A lot of people thought that they had power, but realized over the pandemic, man, I was borrowing power. I was running an extension cable into someone else's faith to get me to have faith. I was running an extension cable into someone else's prayer life to have prayer in my life. I was running an extension cable into my pastor's teaching on Sunday so I didn't have to read my Bible on Monday. And what we've realized is that we are borrowing someone else's power. And I'm here to let you know, no, batteries are not included. You have to get your own. It's time to get our own. If we're going to come to this party, you all have to bring something that we don't show up empty-handed anymore because we need you to understand that you have to bring something so we can grow the church, grow the kingdom, grow the house, grow Embassy City. We need you all. It's not the job of a few. It's the job of all of you. If this is your house, you got to start bringing your own. This is your house. you got to start showing up to the party with something that you came with already. The Bible puts it this way. We might not like the scripture, but it's in the word of God. 2 Peter 1 verses 5 to 9 says this. For this very reason, make every effort, every effort to add. Here's the batteries. To add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, 
knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's letting you know you have to add to your faith. You have to add to your faith some perseverance. Why are you quitting at the first hurdle? Add some perseverance. Why are you blaming God at the first problem? Add some faith. Add some perseverance. we got to begin to add. Man, the church has appeared powerful, but actually when all the sockets have been pulled out over this pandemic, it's like the light went off. It's like we start praying, we start, we start worshiping because we were reliant on something else to be the power source for our life. And we cannot go back there in the future that we're called to. We have to pull the seed of that lesson out of this season and say no more power outages in the kingdom of God. The problem is if your energy is borrowed, your consistency is compromised. If your energy is borrowed, your consistency is compromised. So when you don't have a good day, you ain't going to worship. And when things don't go your way, you ain't going to amen in church. And we don't like when the pastor's teaching, you're going to stay away till it's a new series. And when we're having a giving campaign, you're going to stay at home because you don't really feel like that's what you want to do right now because your finances... No, but when you're consistent and you tithe, whether it's good or bad, and you give because it's God's word to give, and you worship because he's on the throne, whether or not you feel like it, I'm telling you, something changes in the church. We move from babies to adults. We begin to get mature in the things of God. And that's what this church is required to do if it's going to advance the kingdom of God in in this area. We can't do it on the power of a few. All of us have to bring our own to the party. Everything changes when you bring your own. Everything looks different. That's why the Bible says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Think about it. It's saying I'm going to bring my own. God bless the worship team. But sometimes I think they must feel like a workout team. Like Sunday morning is like a workout video. They're like, okay, are we ready, guys? We we know we're all coming in. No one's worked out this week. No one's been in the spiritual gym. So we'll just go steady with one slow song. We'll just do a warm-up song. Okay, are we all right, church? Everybody warmed up. Now we might go for a hand-stretch song. Oh, are we all good? Are we all good? Okay, now there's a few. I think there's a few that are ready for a jumping jack song. Yes, yes, I can see. And the team are like, oh, we, we got a few of them to get worked out this morning. That is not the job of the worship team. You should not need a worship team to worship your God for you. I, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter this gate with thanksgiving. I'll come through the door with my mouth declaring his praises. 
just imagine for a moment, just imagine for the moment what Embassy City Church would look like if every single person came to the party bringing their own batteries. I mean, imagine if like when you got out of the car in the parking lot, you're like seeing people and they're like, whoa, brother, before you go in there, let me pray over you. You don't need a prayer line. I'm so fired up. I have faith for you right now. Hey, let's worship in the car park before we get in the building. Imagine if you were testifying in the foyer over the goodness of God this week. Imagine if you're praying for one another and laying hands on the sick before you ever got in the room. Imagine how the party would go from functional to powerful. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will bring my own praise. I will bring my own gratitude. I will bring my own prayers. I will bring my own faith. I will bring my own perseverance. I will bring my own worship. It's time for the church to realize that what we all just went through was a power outage. That actually the enemy thought he would keep the lights out. But we've got to put the lights back on, but it can't be a few light switches. It has to be the light within every single one of us. Our worship. If it's weak without a band, then you need to add batteries. If your generosity fades when there's no demand made, then you need to add your batteries. If you don't honor unless you're told to, you need to add your batteries. If you have no self-control unless someone's watching you, you need to add your batteries. There's a story that I want to refer to and just draw a few principles out of to help us just land this even more in our lives today. And I just feel like prophetically by the Lord, I'm just speaking over the future of your house, guys, that this house is called and commissioned to reach people, to help the hurting, to go out and seek and save those that are lost, to go and bind up the wounded and go and bring in those that don't realize they belong and have a life ahead of them of health and blessing. But it's going to take every single one of us being able to go, every single one of us being able to pray and believe God. We all are required for such a time as this. In Matthew 25, there's just a crazy story. I like the crazy stories because most preachers avoid them. Just a few of us, like uh, me and your pastor, we usually are drawn to these crazy stories. But, but it's a story, it's a parable, it's a picture. And it's the parable of the ten virgins. And I am just going to read it to you. And then I want to draw a couple of things out of this story to help you see how we must bring our own. It says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps and the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. They may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, you got to go and get your own. Here's a story of 10 friends, 10, 10 friends heading to Embassy City Church. 
10 friends doing life together, 10 friends that realize, man, the bridegroom's coming. He's coming back. That, that, that we've got to get ready for his return. And they realize, man, we got to get ready. We got to get ready. And so they all set off. And when they all set off on the journey, it looks like everybody's prepared the same because to the naked eye, they all kind of have the same kind of thing with them. And so they all set off and the modern day equivalent would be, you know, their lamp. I'm just going to use a torch. That's what it's called in England. Yeah. <laughs> I actually asked for a torch at a church recently and they were like, health and safety will not allow it. I was like, what are you saying? And they were literally trying to find me kerosene and a torch. I was like, praise the Lord for the language barrier. This is a torch in my nation. This is a flashlight in yours. But the modern day equivalent of this parable would be 10 friends off to get ready to meet the bridegroom and they all need to grab their flashlight. They all went to grab their lamp. And it says that the bridegroom took a while in coming. See, his timing is not our timing. Well, God, I thought you'd show up by now. I thought you'd have healed me by now. I thought we'd have had the miracle by now. I thought I had had the breakthrough by now. I thought I'd have got the promotion by now. I thought financially you'd have sent the check by now. And in that gap, as they're waiting, the Bible says that they get tired and they get weary. And you know, when you're in that waiting period, you also and I also can get tired and weary and begin to doubt and begin to question. And in that period of time, as they're waiting, they begin to close their eyes and they begin to fall asleep. And I think a lot of the church has begun to close its eyes and get weary and fall asleep. And then the cry rings out, okay, it's time. It's time to go. It's time to move. It's time to step out. It's time. And when they hear that it's time, they all go to grab their flashlight. And it says that five of them go to grab their flashlight and... Nothing happens. And it says that the cry rang out. Interesting. This little detail. The cry rang out at midnight. Mm. Mm. You know, it's in the midnight moments that you're going to find out whether you brought your batteries or not. It's in the midnight moment you're going to find out if you have self-control or not. It's in the midnight moment when no one's checking up on you, you're going to find out whether you have Christ's light shining within you or not. Yes. It's not in the bright daylight. It's in the midnight moment you're going to find out whether you're true to your word or not. It's in the midnight moment you're going to find out whether you gossip or not. It's in the midnight moment you're going to find out whether you doubt or question or not. So at midnight, they got their flashlight, but... The foolish ones, they go to put the light on and nothing happens. No light comes. And maybe over this season, some of you have gone to put your flashlight, as it were, on. And there's just nothing there. There's no worship coming out your mouth. There's no thanksgiving. There's no faith. There's no perseverance. There's no self-control. There's no consistency. And you're like, what happened? And then it says there were five that were wise. And when the cry went out, they went to grab their flashlight. And they said, you know what? We, we brought our flashlight, but we also understood it's not our job to decide the time. So we realized we better not just bring a flashlight, but we better bring some batteries too. 
We better bring some power too. We better bring some faith too. We better bring some patience too. We better bring some self-control too. We better bring some worship too so that in the midnight moments, I have the power to make sure I can still light the path, that I can still stay the pace, that I can still stand on the word of God. And as the wise put their lights on, it seems almost cruel that the five who didn't bring any batteries turned to their friends who did and they say, hey, help a sister out. <laughs> like, like, lend me your batteries. And he says that the wise say to the foolish, no, not this time. Because this time you've got to go get your own. Yeah. And I just feel spiritually. I know you don't want to hear it. And I don't, know you don't want your friend to tell you. But sometimes the best way to be the best of friends, the best way to be the best of leaders, is to turn to those that you know have been borrowing for way too long and say it is time for you to get your own. Yes. You know, I just, last weekend, dropped my daughter off at university. How dare your children leave us after we paid and financed them for years and they just walk out? I mean, what is that about? But you know, as I drove off, I had a confidence in my spirit because I know as I've raised that girl, I've raised her in a way where she's had to go get her own. No, mom's not going to sort this out for you. You've got to go to God for yourself. No, you can't stand on the back of your parents' faith anymore. You're 18. You've got to get your own. Yes. Because I know there's going to be a midnight moment at university. And I don't want to set her up to fail and say, oh, in the midnight moment, sorry I wasn't there. That's why you fell apart. That's why you had no self-control. I want to say, no, in your midnight moment, I taught you how to bring your own batteries, how to declare the word of God, how to stand on the promises of God. Some of you are absolutely drained and exhausted and you have no energy for the things that God has called your life to. And I'll tell you why. Because you have everybody else's socket plugged into you. And God did not ask you to let everybody plug into you. He asked you to plug them into him. He's their source. He's their strength. He's their, he's their truth. He's their light. Some of you, it's relatives and it's family and then you can't show up in the house on Sunday because all week you've let everybody drain your power bank dry and you've got to realize that sometimes the best way to help someone is say, it's time for you to get your own. That's right. This is a BYOB party. Bring your own batteries. Yes. Jesus loves it. He loves it when we bring our own batteries. He gets busy when we bring our own batteries. He's not waiting for you to do something you can't do. He's waiting for you to do what you can do. So when you show up like the widow's might with just two coins, he's like, you brought something. And with your something, I'm going to do something awesome. And with David, with his stone and his sling, he, he came and he said, I, I brought what I have. I, I, don't, I don't fit the armor of Saul, but this is what I do have. God's like, that's all I needed for you to bring your own, whether it looks like a stone and a sling, whether it looks like a widow's might, whether it looks like a boy's packed lunch. Jesus loves it when we bring our own, say, God, this is all I got. God's like, that's good enough for me. Instead of waiting to borrow someone else's faith or borrow someone else's ideas, God wants you to have the joy 
of bringing your own. God wants to let you realize the purpose and the journey and the growth that comes when we begin to bring our own. I also want to encourage you because after you bring your own batteries, you're going to have to also remember this. You have to charge your batteries. <laughs> I'm about to say something that you're not going to like, but that's okay. Pastor Tim will clear it all up tomorrow. <laughs> We're friends. Some of you are more aware of your iPhone battery level than you are your spiritual battery level. You are more committed to charging up your device than you are charging up your faith. You are so aware of when that thing is going near the red zone that you have heart palpitations and panic attacks because you know you may miss someone's selfie or gossip on Facebook, so I better get charged up. You are so committed to charging your phone. You have a charger in your car, a charger in your kitchen, a charger in your handbag, a charger, a charger in your bedroom, a charger in the living room. You have extra power pack chargers in your handbag because you don't want ever for your phone to be without power. But if I was to check your spiritual life, would I find a charger in your kitchen and a charger in your handbag and a charger in your bedside table? Would I find that there were things in your life that charge your faith up? Like, would I find on your nightstand a book that charges you up? Would I find on your playlist songs that charge you up? Would I find in your conversation people that help charge you up? Would I find in your prayer life things that charge you up? I'm telling you. We've become obsessed with not losing our charge in something that does not make a difference to anyone. And we've overlooked and forgotten that it's our job to charge up our battery. It's not the pastor's job. It's not your friend's job. It's our job to charge up our battery. That's why David, when he was going through a time where his battery was low, he didn't wait for someone to come and pray for him. He didn't wait for the pastor to come and see him. He stood there and he said, hey, why are you downcast, oh my soul? You will praise the Lord. You will get charged up. You will begin to declare the word of the Lord. You will begin to sing of his goodness. You will begin to say how good he has been. You will remind yourself of his faithfulness in the valley that you were last in. You will. He began to charge himself up. And some of you, you've forgotten how to charge yourself up in the faith. Like, like everything you do is bleeding your battery. And, as, and, and God's saying to you, no, 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 plug in the charger. Begin to feed your faith. Begin to change some of you in groups with a whole load of other people that also have flat batteries. Like, 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 you know what I'm talking about. You know, I got a car not so long ago and it was fairly new and, and it was sat on my driveway and and every time I went in the car, it, it, it wouldn't start. It, it had a problem with the ignition going on. And, and so clearly there was a battery issue. And we had to keep calling the company to come out to fix the battery. And after the third time, I was like, this is not an old car. Why is this happening? And he simply said this, it's happening, ma'am, because the battery is not doing what it's made to do. 
And because we've been in the pandemic and in England in lockdown, we've not been able to go out in our cars. We've been told to stay at home. And so we had been grounded in our home and not going anywhere. And so the battery was not being used for what it was being designed. And so as it sat there on the driveway, when it was meant to be going somewhere, it became flat. And if you don't take your faith somewhere and you just park it on the driveway Monday to Sunday, you're going to find you also have a flat battery. So when you need to go somewhere, when you need to go somewhere, you're like, eh. And you can't blame your neighbor for that. You can't blame church for that. You're the one responsible for the car on the driveway of your life. You gotta charge up your faith. You're like, what do you mean? I'll make it really, really obvious in case you still don't know what I mean. Like if you read your Bible once a week. Like if you don't thank and get in the presence of God unless you are in a room where other people are doing it. If he's not the first thing on your mind and the last thing as you go to bed with the thank you God for the day ahead and thank you God you kept my family today. If he's not the one that you speak to on a regular places, your relationship will be flat just like it is in a marriage. Like some of you, your marriage is flat. I just said it. I just said it, and, and you just have to, you have to just look ahead, don't elbow the wife or, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like you used to kiss with passion. You used to be so excited to see each other. You used to dream and plan for your future. You used to laugh a lot. Your home used to be filled. You used to dance in the kitchen, and then just life got busy, and, 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 and jobs just got distracting, and, and stuff just kept being added to your life, and, and before you know it, now it feels flat, and you're like, why is it flat? And, and then we make some big deal about why it's flat, like, oh, I should leave the marriage, because, you know, because it's flat, and I just need to go, you know, marry someone else, and then maybe I'll feel charged again. No. You'll marry someone else, and then you'll have a little honeymoon period, and then guess what? It'll be flat. Because the problem is not that there isn't the ability to charge it up. The problem is you're not taking the vehicle where it was meant to be. You're not investing in it. You're not charging up. You're not speaking words of affirmation. You're not investing and loving. You're not becoming best friends. You're not putting the time in like you used to. And that's why things get flat. So if we understand that in our natural relationships, how much more do we need to understand that in our spiritual relationship? Draw near to me. And I'll draw near to you. But everyone wants God to draw near to them without them drawing near to him. God's like, no, this is a BYOB party. I don't really get much out of church. You know, I just feel flat. Like it's the church's problem. (laughs) Like, 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 Like there's something in the air that like that's the fault of the church. No, no, you're the church. He's your God. He's not flat. So maybe the problem's on your end. Maybe you need to change your confession and change your habits and change the things that you spend your life doing. The church was made to go. And if we don't go, we get stuck. If this church doesn't keep going, we get stuck. If we don't keep growing, we get stuck. And and the party becomes flat because guess what? It's the same people all the time at the same party. 
and God's party has to keep advancing and keep growing and the, and the people in the room keep changing and keep adding. Why? Because we keep going because that's what keeps our faith fired up. I don't know much about batteries. I know as much as Google would tell me. <laughs> but one thing I do know is that in order to charge a battery up, all you need is negative energy. A battery takes the negative and uses it to charge up a positive. So the good news is, if you have any trial, if you have any test, if you have any struggle, if you have any problem, if you have any obstacle, you have all you need to begin to charge it up. You have all the ingredients it requires to charge it up. That's why it says in the Bible that he takes our morning and he turns it into dancing. He takes our ashes and he gives us a crown of splendor. He is in the business of taking the negative and helping you charge it into the positive. It's time to bring your own. It's time to charge up your batteries. And finally, it is time for some of you, says the Lord, to change your battery. You know, batteries come in all different shapes and sizes. Like this is a battery and it can power up so much, right? But if I was to get a car battery, it would take a few of us to lift it onto the platform because that thing's way bigger. And because it's bigger in its size, it's bigger in its capacity. And so what this battery can do, this other battery can do so much more. And there comes a time in our journey where you have to realize it's time to change the battery. Like the one that got you this far, it was good, but it can't get you to where you're going next. And it's kind of like spiritually, there's like a sound I hear in my spirit. You know, sometimes when you're in your house, if you have ever had this experience and you hear this beep, beep, beep. You're like, ah, I don't know what it is. It's not loud enough for me to really be bothered. Beep, beep. And it's a battery letting you know it's time to change. And if you don't change me, your house may burn down. If you don't change me, you might not get to the next season. If you don't change me, something may happen that means that this season that was good doesn't go into the next season that could be better. There comes a time where you have to realize in your spirit there's time to change the battery. In 1 Corinthians it says, when I was a child, I felt like a child, I acted like a child, but then there came a time when I had to change the battery. No one changed it for me. And I had to change the battery and put my childish ways behind me and step into the next season of what God had for me. Some of you, the next season needs a battery change. Like you've been coming to Embassy City for six years and you've been sitting in the same seat for six years and you've known the same people for six years. And while that's been good, it's time for a change. 
It's time for you to not just sit. It's time for you to serve. It's time for you not to just know the ones that you know, but it's time for you to make some new friends in the house of God. It's time for you to not just participate and watch everybody else around, but it's time for you to actually invest in the future of what's time for you not to just receive the blessing, but be part of the blessing. It's time for you to not just say, what can you do for me? But you say, what can I do for the house of God? There comes a point where you have to change your battery. And if you want to take more ground and if we want to advance the kingdom and if we want the church to have its finest day, if we want it to be beautiful and splendid like the Bible tells us she should be, if we want the bride to be all that she can be, then every single one of us has to play our part. And it's time for us to change our batteries, change your mindset, change your confession, change your faith, change what you see for your future, change in the acts that you do. Stop being immature in the things of God and start stepping up and saying, okay, you know, there's party gatherings all around this place that you can be joined to and you can show up at. But you know, you can also lead. You can also say, I'd like to host something. You know what? I'd like to be trained so I can lead something. You know what? I'd like to not just sit in my chair. I'd like to be part of the answer. That sounds like changing of a battery to me. And the more you step in for the change, just like David, he was the boy on the hill. And he just changed his battery one day because he came to the front line. He's like, I think it's time for me not just to look after bears and lions, keep the bear and lion away. I think it's time for me to keep Goliath away. And it was a decision in him that changed the battery within him, which meant he was ready for the challenge ahead of him. Same with Joseph, who went into a cell and he was blamed for things that he did not do. And he could have stayed in that cell, getting bitter about what had happened to him. But instead he said, I'm gonna change my battery. I'm not gonna get bitter. I'm gonna get stronger. I'm not gonna sit here and waste my time. I'm gonna use my time. And when he came out, because he changed his battery, he was ready for a new level of authority. I'm just letting you know, God is not holy. See, I think sometimes, and I'm done, but I want to burst, burst a bubble, a myth. I think sometimes people look at like what I'm doing or maybe Pastor Tim does or some of your leaders and they're like, oh, God gave you a bigger battery. You know, that's the call on your life. You know, God just asked you to be a minister and God just anointed you in that way. Can I just tell you? that God wants to anoint all of us. He wants to use all of us. There was nothing extra special about the guys that he said, follow me to. But it was their decision to leave their boat and follow him that began the journey of changing the battery of the future for their life. And I remember at 14 years of age, realizing that God was calling me and then realizing, man, I don't think God's gonna just make it happen. I think I have to change my lifestyle. I think I better actually read the Bible if I'm gonna teach the Bible. I think I actually better show up if I want other people to show up. I think I better actually give if I want there to be a harvest in my life. I think I better actually pray if I wanna see a miracle. And decisions that were made back then led to decisions that I'm still making today because the journey of keeping changing your battery is where God begins to keep extending your territory. Don't ask for new territory if you're not willing to change your battery. So, I came all this way on my very first family visit to just talk to you about what I believe God's speaking over your life. Son, daughter, stop borrowing other people's energy. Stop living your life with this inconsistency. 
Begin to realize that, that the things that you're battling with, the things in your areas of your life where it's just functional, the marriage that's just functional, the relationship with God that's just functional, you can make a decision today to move from functional to powerful. He is all you need, but you've got to bring your own. So I want to ask us, time's gone, to just have a moment of response. Because I can't do this part for you. This is where you've got to bring your own. I, I can only bring what God asked me to bring. But what you do next is about you bringing your own. This is your moment to say, okay, I'm going to now begin to act out what it is that I know God's asking me to do. I, I, I can't bring your marriage back to life, but you can. I can't bring your faith back to life, but you can. I can't bring those areas of your life that are dormant to wake up, but you can by going on this journey with God. So all across the room, I want us to stand to our feet. I'm going to ask the team to come and join me up here. Embassy City. If this is your house, if this is your home, then God needs you yes. to bring your own to this party. He needs every single one of you to bring your amen, every single one of you to bring your I'm in, every single one of you to say I'm here to build the kingdom of God, every single one of you to bring your prayers and your thanksgiving. And I don't know where the flat battery is in your life. I don't know if you need to change your battery. I don't know if you need to charge your battery up, but you know before God right now what God's finger is on. And so I'm just gonna open up a time of ministry just for a few moments for you to respond to God. And I just want us right where we are, just close your eyes. Just let God highlight whatever it is that he needs to highlight. Like I just feel the Spirit of God said, it's just time. It is time. No more excuses. No more going back to the same pattern. It's time for something to change today. There's a shift for your life today. Wherever this finds you, I'm just going to ask you to respond. And I'm even going to say, hey, if you want to respond by coming down to the front, if you want to respond by taking a knee, if you want to respond by sticking your hands in the air, if you want to respond, I don't know, but you need to do something today. You've got to register with God. So I'm going to say the front's open. I'm going to ask the team to sing a moment. And then after they've sung, I'm going to begin to pray over you. And we're just going to pray over you that there'll be a shift today. So if you want to come forward, if you want to get on your knees, I don't know. This is now your part to respond. So as the band play, you begin to move in whatever way you need to move. And then I'm going to begin to pray for you as a church. So come on, let's just sing. Thank you, God. To you I belong. Thank you, Jesus. I give myself. Thank you, God. I give myself to you. Thank you, God.
that like I'm just calling this front section here the charging bay. All right, like the Holy Spirit charging bay. And for some of you, your movement actually to come forward in a moment is because you're ready for a change. You are so done running your life at the level you're running at and you need to change, but it's gonna take a decision for you. It's gonna take, and and some of you are like, well, I don't like to move because what if the person next to me doesn't move? Stop plugging in your response to the person next to you's response. Sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do for you. You gotta do what it is. You gotta come down as it were from the mountainside. You gotta walk forward in the valley. You've got to step up to the Goliath. you just got to make the move that God needs you to move. And so I'm going to wait a moment longer because I know for some of you today, there's a, there's a physical move that you need to make. It's saying, I'm in and I'm all in. God, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm making a change today. I'm charging something up today. Some of you is stepping up into a new area of responsibility. It's saying, God, I'm all in and you've been in and out and shake you all about. Those days are done. No, I'm in. I'm committed. I'm here and I'm telling you, God, in these moments, mark something in our lives. These moments become remembrance moments where you remember. I remember when I said to God and God met me in that place. And so before I pray, we're going to sing this one more time. And if you need to move, begin to move. Come on, guys. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
We give ourselves away, God. We come to serve you. We come to follow you. We come to give you our best, God, not our worst. God, we bring our thanksgiving today, our praise today. We bring our own today, God. Just begin with your own mouth. Just begin to give him your thanks, give him your praise. Begin to charge up your soul. And I wonder if uh, Tim and Juliet, you could come up here. And your beautiful mentors that are here today, I wonder if you could come up too. You know, sometimes you just realize that, that this is not a coincidence, right? We didn't plan that we'd all be in town at the same weekend. It just is how it happened, right? And I just think there's something significant about this moment. Because I think you guys believed in them at a very pivotal moment. And I think it's interesting how they're here today. And I believe you have a pivotal moments ahead of you in the coming years and months. And I think that God has sent to you the same voice that believed in you back there to believe in you again. Because sometimes you just need reminding of the thing that God said to you that he hasn't stopped saying to you. But there's a change of battery, right? There's a change of battery in your leadership. There's a change of battery in your calling. There's a change of battery in the season ahead. And at the change station, at the change point, it's good to have someone there to hold the ladder, right, as you're trying to change the battery, to steady it when you're feeling like, should I change the battery or shouldn't I? But I in my spirit, I hear the beep, beep. And I hear that, that beep, beep, it's time, it's time. And you're going to know what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing because God's going to make it really clear. Really clear, because God opens doors and He also shuts doors. So you don't need to over, over worry about what it is and what it is for you both and what it looks like. I, I think God in this season is just going to go, just trust me like you did in the last season. And so in this moment, as you as a couple and this church as your family, uh, six years in, now you're ready for the next season of what God had. That was a season of preparation. This is now a season of participation in some things that God has had to hold back for you to be ready for this next season. 
And in the readiness of yes and amen in your heart, God's like, I'll lead like I did in the last season. You don't need to lead this, I'll lead this. So you can trust and you can rest in that. But when batteries are being changed, that affects everybody. So when a leader's battery is being changed, when there's a new charge in their spirit, when there's a new sense of assignment on them, that means everybody in the house where that battery, they also hear the beep beep and they're like, go for it. We don't want the house to burn down. Change the battery, right? (laughs) And so that's why together we all have to bring our own. We all have to bring our faith. And your pastors faithfully every week bring to you what God has given them to feed you. But guess what? You also have to bring to them the encouragement and the prayers and the support for what they need to keep doing what they are called to do. So I would love us to pray right now. And I would love actually not to be my words, but the words of people that have for many years prayed over your pastors and leaders, just to pray blessing over them, just to pray a sense of just God's hand on them, just to pray protection over them, and to God to do what only God can do, because God has always seen. He's always seen. And he's seen what you've not let anybody else see. And God is a rewarder of those that honor And God always brings double for any trouble. And the preparation season is a tough one because you don't realize quite how much changing of batteries have to go on. And it's taken a while to charge this battery up because it was flat. It's taken a lot. Sometimes it's felt like the paddles to vault you back. But those days are done. You don't need voltage like that anymore because you've discovered something about staying charged up in peace and in his presence. And that's your gift now to this house, that you don't need to worry about having to put the paddles on this house, that God is going to help you trickle feed this house because there's an ability that you've learned in this season. And so now the battery can change in you so that it can change the vehicle God has entrusted to you. And I'm excited because you've waded out the preparation. Most people try and force something before it's time, but it takes the beep beep to know when it's time. And that's what you've got to stay close to, the beep beep. So I'm going to ask you guys to come and pray over these incredible couple that you believed in all that way back. And it's no different today. You just know what God's hand is on. Amen. Let's all join in prayer right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the spirit of seeing and knowing that Father, you will cause a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits to flow through this couple at a level that they've heretofore not seen. And Father, I thank you that they will speak by the Spirit of God. They will by the Spirit of God and they will see by the Spirit of God. Malo, Patsi, Mato Komalites. Anoint their eyes to see. Kalamuna, cause their eyes to see. Cause their ears to hear. Things that the natural man does not understand or comprehend. 
But Father, they'll walk in a realm of the Spirit. That Father will cause them to walk in a realm of rest. A realm of rest. And so Father, we lay our hands on them. And Father, we thank you for an increase in the things of God that they've heretofore not known. But they'll walk in it with confidence and with a greater degree of grace. And so Father, we thank you. We thank you that out of their bellies, Lisa, lay your hand on her belly. Out of their belly calls rivers of living water to flow out of them in a greater measure. And Father, we thank you that even as the river rise, may it rise from their ankles to their knees. And Father, may that river be a river that they swim in, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we add our faith, we add our agreement, and Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for a greater measure. In the name of Jesus, be it so. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we praise you. We thank you. Let it flow even now. In the name of Jesus, we praise you and thank you for it. And Father, may this congregation be the recipients of the blessing that flows from these wells in the name of Jesus. We draw from these wells that you place on the inside of them and may there flow a river of anointing that they've not experienced up to this moment in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.